in terms of the Tinder analogy, you could see it as kind of bringing in the ex of that person to educate you on how to talk <laughs> with that person. I'm not sure if that's the right. Which you never work in real life, but okay, let's go with that. Let's go with but that. <laughs> for this platform, it. it actually should work because you have an event professional already worked with the platform they have shared their experience and ideas there's no hard feelings hopefully (laughs) (laughs) hopefully the idea is to kind of share each other's learnings because that's one of the things kind of behind this platform is bringing the industry together and sharing knowledge together preferably on the platform but in general just stimulating knowledge sharing i feel like we have so much knowledge in this industry both from the more experienced generation as the younger generation that's coming in and how beautiful is it if we can kind of learn from each other welcome to events demystified podcast where we explore and demystify the world of in-person virtual hybrid event av production and technology by sharing insightful tips tricks and tactics to make your events a success this podcast is brought to you by Tree Fan Events, a woman-owned boutique event production agency. And your host is Anka Trafan, a technical event planner and producer with almost two decades of hands-on technical experience in event production. Welcome to another episode of Events Demystified Podcast, your one-shop stop for tangible, technical, and planning advice for anyone in the event industry. Today's episode is sponsored by Trifan Event, a woman-owned boutique event production agency, and I am your host, Anka Trifan. As we continue to highlight some amazing event professionals and get some insight into their journey, as well as what are some of the challenges that they have faced or are facing and maybe the solutions that they are coming up with in solving some of those challenges, which is going to be a great topic of conversation during today's episode, because I've got on the show with me a doer, someone that jumps into action. And if there's a problem, he's going to find a solution. Ryan Van Buren, he is the founder of Event Mender, a virtual event platform on a mission to solve the world's problems. No, not really. He's on a mission to make the world a better place by finding solutions for event professionals that are struggling in this virtual slash hybrid space that we're all in. While he was helping physical event professionals embrace this new reality of virtual events during the pandemic, he realized that evaluating different event platforms, especially on a short timeline, was taking so much time and there has to be a better way to do this to help event professionals figure it out. And so with Eventmender, he's developed a tool that aims to take out all the guesswork for event organizers and eventually have Eventmender become this one-shop stop that will cover everything from speaker acquisition and marketing to AV services and virtual platforms all in one central place. You can learn more about Marian from the links shared in the episode notes and all the things that he's doing. And in the meantime, let's welcome our guest in and find out more about the things that he's passionate about. Welcome to the show, Brian. I am so excited that you are here today and we're going to make this episode happen. I cannot wait. I've been looking forward to this for quite a while. I'm so honored to be here together with you. I really appreciate the invite and looking forward to having a chat. 
Me too. And you know what? It's funny because we have actually friended each other on LinkedIn and followed each other's journey. And I feel like I know quite a bit about the things that you are working on and you're passionate about, but I don't know much prior to 2020. And I would love to know what has brought you where you are today. And yes, you're on a mission to solve the world's problems with, at least in the event professional space. Okay. I mean, Solving all the other problems would be amazing, but let's just focus in our own niche, right? And while we're at it, would you also share maybe some of the challenges that you had to face along the way to get you where you are today? Absolutely. Well, I think framing it like that, kind of the first challenge was finding my way into the event industry. I've Mm. always been kind of touch and go on different topics. Like I've been into music. I know a lot of event professionals actually rolled into the event industry through that channel. I've also been working into Horeca, more the hospitality of the industry. And eventually found myself working at a physical event company, kind of finding ways how they could improve the values for their sponsorships. And whilst they were uh, struggling with that, also the pandemic happened. And that's where they really got stuck. They didn't know what to do. They were like, yeah, we only know how to do in-person events. So probably we have to postpone everything. But the biggest event was due in two weeks. And that uh, had a lot of sponsorship value in that proposition so they really had to find a solution and i had experience in the past where i helped a blockchain consultancy firm organize online meetings via zoom actually to do investor meetings and i thought why don't we do something like this and they were like well you probably have the best idea so go ahead and and figure it out so in two weeks we were able to transition their physical event to a virtual one that actually turned out to be very successful as in they were able to retain all their sponsorship value and they were the first one to do it in their industry and i thought like we have struggled you know like everything is going to change we're going to virtual and uh, all the events can be virtual we can always do all our events but the management was like ah next week we're gonna go back to in person and it's not going to be relevant and let's focus on our in-person events and at the same time another company approached me and they were like hey you did this for this company can you also do it for us because we want to transition all our events to virtual and there kind of a light bulb went on i was like the environment where i'm currently in is probably not the best match for me i'm more of a innovative like I want to do new things and push things forward. And that wasn't really the place where I got the tools to do it. So I started working for that other company, but in that process kind of started my own company with the premise of helping physical event companies transition to virtual. I've been doing that pretty much during the whole pandemic. And at a certain point, I came across quite some challenges myself. One of them is kind of where Event Mender came out of. It's finding the right platform. There were so many platforms popping up everywhere and I couldn't really keep track. And I wanted to make sure that the companies I worked with really had the best platform for what they are trying to achieve. But it became harder and harder to really figure out like which platform actually is a a right match. Remember the spreadsheet? Like how long that spreadsheet was getting? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, yeah, you just lose track of everything. And there wasn't one that really helped you to kind of translate what is my event goal? How is my event looking like? And what platform is then the best match for me? And I thought maybe I'm the only one. So first, before I actually started building this, I took kind of a half year to connect with the industry. It's also how we actually eventually got in touch through LinkedIn, connecting with other event professionals, get out of the bubble of the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, everyone in the Netherlands is not narrow-minded, but it's only a part 
part of the industry and i think it's good to look a little bit broader than just the country where i'm from mm-hmm. so i started to connect with different event professionals in parts of europe but also outside of that in america and it turned out i wasn't the only one if anything everyone was like yeah this is a big problem it costs us so much time if you find a solution for this please let us know because that's what we are waiting for and that's where we really started or i really started building event Mender as a brand and yeah that's where we are right now already a, a year later actually since we started building the brand a lot has happened build an mvp tested improved build a second version now we have even a more i would say grown-up version of the platform that's really stable and big and yeah i'm, I'm very proud of of where we are right now but that also has its challenges of course absolutely so ryan let me ask you a question because we are in you know beginning of 2023 and we're looking at the spectrum of events that for the majority of time now most of them are back to in person knocking wood <laughs> Absolutely. (laughs) Because we're manifesting into the future. However, there's still plenty of events that do look at virtual as a very viable solution to reach audiences that are just not able to join in person or they're not geographically anywhere close or are just not willing to. Do you feel like putting basically all your eggs in one basket into this event platform, this is the right timing for it, knowing that you are competing against some big players out there that have had about, you know, almost three years now to work on their platform and figure out some of the problems and come up with solutions to some of the challenges that you're facing as well. Again, this is just as an event professional, I'm thinking, will there be a space for you to be able to find the type of support that you need to continue on this journey? I would love to answer that question, but just to quickly clarify, like we're not a virtual event platform ourselves. We are a matchmaking marketplace. So we work with those big players that you actually mentioned, and we help event professionals figure out which of those big players or small players, there are still a lot of small players as well, is the best match for your event. So we kind of are an in-between facilitator where uh, normally you would probably go to a G2 to look up some reviews, but instead of looking at a huge list of all the platforms that are out there and trying to figure out yourself how you can be matched with the right platform and which platform is the best for you which takes a lot of time and research we help you with pretty much you only have to ask a few simple questions and based upon that we can already narrow down the results because we kind of exclude every platform that doesn't match your criteria in terms of how many attendees you want to have on the platform some platforms just don't have the capacity to go above a certain number or only work from a certain number upwards and what kind of experience you want if it's 3d or you want a more 2d kind of i don't want to say normal experience but like a a linkedin like a platform where you can interact just with the 2d elements or maybe you want to go all in virtual like with the glasses on fully immersed meta first type of experience then we can already narrow down the results so you don't have to do all that sorting yourself it's pretty much just answering questions you already know as an event professional in terms of how is my event going to look like and then based upon that you get a 
segmentation of the market that only matches your restrictions. And you can obviously narrow it down further based upon your preferences. Maybe there's a specific feature either you know that you need in order to fulfill your event goal, or maybe something you want to try out it can be a gimmick. As long as it works for your event, you can find it and very quickly make a segmentation of the total market. And then in that, make your decision. You can compare them side by side, you know, schedule demo if you want to. But in essence, you have all the information, all the features completely laid out. It's as transparent as it can be. We also include the pricing or at least close of enough pricing range to really give it to you like, okay, this is what you can expect. Maybe it's in your budget, maybe it's not. So you don't have to go through endless demos and then finding out that no, oh, this platform actually cannot do what I want it to do, or this platform is completely out of my budget. Those kind of things we try to make sure that don't happen so you can be as efficient in sourcing the platform as possible. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because basically in so many words, you are the Tinder of event platforms. That's correct. That's <laughs> absolutely correct. So we should totally call it event Tinder Mander or something. <laughs> <laughs> event Tinder. I, I like it. Perhaps we have to rebrand. <laughs> I love That's it. Correct. So now that we placed this tool into the right category for anyone that's listening and was maybe a little bit confused at first because they weren't sure how this would support their event in the future. Why do you think it's so important then to find the right platform, especially, I suppose, in the future of events in 2023 with platforms that are constantly evolving, right? I think it was last quarter of 2022 when Zoom came up with Zoom events. And it's actually pretty solid of a platform they've had plenty of time to do a lot of research why not you know just stick with zoom events since everybody's used to zoom anyway why is it important to find the right platform which in some cases might not be zoom events right that's correct well i think no event is or should be the same in that regards like it should all be a unique experience obviously up until a point where you know your your attendees your users can still feel accessible to the platform it shouldn't be something that's super overcomplicated. I totally agree. Zoom is doing a great job. But yeah, one of the things that we have seen during kind of the end of the pandemic, but also 2022, is a lot more personalization, really making it as personalized as possible to your attendees, to your kind of genre, your topic, your theme, however you want to call it, and make sure that everything around that is done with a purpose. And that means obviously your strategy, um, how you put together your program, how you make people feel. And in that, you also need to make sure that the platform you're using is actually 100% in line with your event strategy or your event goals in that regards. Um, so you use everything with a purpose. And obviously you can always use the same platform it's good for people because they are familiar with it and we definitely do not say that you shouldn't do that but there is a chance you might want to switch up or there's a chance that as you mentioned every platform is constantly evolving maybe a platform that in the past wasn't as accessible as zoom now because zoom events is there they feel the heat and they have to make it even more accessible more easy to use for their users and all of a sudden they've completely improved their platform their features and how you actually interact with it and in that sense if you want to stay on top of everything that is moving because you obviously, whether you want to have it personalized or not, you want to go for the best experience possible. As event professionals, we want to go for 11, maybe 12 out of 10. And we want to over-deliver and make people wow, because that's what creates memories. That's why people come back to your event. And 
if you can assure yourself of using the best platform because you are up to date on all the newest improvements and features without actually having to constantly be aware of everything that is uh, going on. You just go to Event Manager in this case and see all the newest changes in a blink of an eye. Saves you a lot of time and still you can assure yourself on top of the market. I know what's going on. I know how every platform has evolved, maybe new platforms that emerged, platforms that merged together or platforms that left the market. And you can reevaluate is Zoom events or any other platform the best match for me at this point, for my event, for what I'm trying to establish here. So for any event professional there that would like to take advantage of this tool, is that going to be membership-based or a one-time access fee? How are you placing yourself on the marketplace? Uh, We're here really to help event professionals. So in essence, you can get started for free, do your matchmaking for free. We do work with the partners and platforms that we provide, quote-unquote, a match or a sale to. We work on an affiliate basis, so that means they pay a percentage of the deal value to us, which we have to get our revenue from somewhere. But that does mean that you can get started for free. You can evaluate all the services out there. What we're rolling out as we speak, actually, is also the possibility for event professionals to offer their services and say, hey, I'm an expert with this particular platform. And the moment that someone selects that platform who may or may not be an expert in the platform itself, they get a recommendation, hey, this and this event professional actually is the best match for this platform to work together because they have been working with this platform for over two years maybe, and they can seamlessly make your event the best event yet on this particular platform and that's kind of how we try to expand so we started with the virtual event platforms and next up are the event professionals av is also very high on our list and then we slowly add to the ecosystem so eventually you should be able to wherever you come from in the event if you're an event professional or an av professional or you're a speaker or you're an exhibitor or you're looking for any of those you can go to the platform And you can get connected with the right people within the industry to make your event the best event yet. That's awesome. I'm super excited about what's going to look like and the full expand of what that might entail. And with that in mind, I would love to ask you something that takes us back to our events. How do we humanize a B2B event? How do we make them more successful after the match has been made, right? It's like almost like following the Tinder approach, right? Like you've got a match. That doesn't necessarily always mean that the two people on the other side of the match were going to have a positive interaction always. So how do we make that interaction successful? How do we create ROI that makes events that are going to not only delight our audiences, but also have the type of result that event professionals will be happy that they've been able to accomplish. That's actually something we're also working in. In terms of the Tinder analogy, you could see it as kind of bringing in the ex of that person to educate you on how to talk with that person. I'm not sure if that's the right thing. Which would never work in real life, but okay, let's go with that. Let's go with that. For this platform, it, it... actually should work because you have an event professional already worked with the platform they have shared their experience and ideas there's no hard feelings hopefully (laughs) (laughs) hopefully the idea is to kind of share each other's learnings because that's one of the things kind of behind this platform is bringing the industry together and sharing knowledge together preferably on the platform but in general just stimulating 
knowledge sharing. I feel like we have so much knowledge in this industry, both from the more experienced generation as the younger generation that's coming in. And how beautiful is it if we can kind of learn from each other? And in that sense, you can start with the platform and you can see other people's learnings and say like, oh, they tried this particular format, which is not the same as I'm doing, but some parts are similar. I can use their learnings and see how I can bring that into my own event to enhance, for instance, the human aspect of it. In general, like I have a feeling that if you want to make it human, in essence, we're all humans, you know, like even business to business, it's a person talking to a person in order to bring those businesses together, but it's still one-on-one contact. So in general, approach your event as if it's a business to consumer or a consumer to consumer event even, because that's what we are. We are people and obviously we want to generate business out of a business to business event, but it doesn't mean that the interactions aren't a person to a person. And yeah, there are, there are many ways how you can do it. Depends obviously on your event goal, what you're trying to achieve, but just in general, make it personal as in like one of the easy tips that I always like to give is just call people by name, whether it's virtual, where it's pretty easy because you can see who's coming in and you're just typing in the chat, hey, person X, person Y, call them by the name and say, so good to see you. Instead of a generic message, welcome everyone. That already makes it feel less personal. And you can do the same in person, especially if we have a nice badge or maybe even a QR code on our t-shirt, whatever, you can see what the name is of the person. And even though you don't know them, call them by name from an event stuff perspective. And in that sense, make it a little bit more personal. It's the small touches that can really make people feel welcome. And I think that's what you can do it in virtual, hybrid and in person. Those kind of small details can really enhance it. And I hope most likely I will even edit myself is not in there but because of the fact that we have different event professionals using the platform you will get different tips and tricks from all over the world from all different types of experiences and you can kind of pick and choose oh that's a very nice idea i can actually implement that for my own event to take it to the next level so goal is to really support you not just by finding the match but also by understanding how you can get that best date so to speak I love it. Well, Marian, hold that thought as we take a brief moment to acknowledge our podcast sponsor and supporter. We will be right back to continue our conversation. Before we move any further, I wanted to give a quick shout out to our main sponsor, Trifan Events, which is a boutique event planning and production agency that will come alongside you, offering personalized event planning and technical support, strategic event design, production and technology management, and flawless execution for live, virtual, and hybrid events. The team at Trifan Events is passionate about planning and producing event experiences that get people involved with true moments of interaction, engagement, and co-creation while offering white glove treatment throughout the entire planning process, enabling you to reach your event goals with the use of creativity, production tools, and event technology. To find out how Trifun Events can plan and produce your event become memorable, go to trifunevents.com. Welcome back to our conversation with our feature guest, uh, Marian Van Buren. And Marian, how much EDM music do you listen to with that last name of yours? <laughs> well, actually, it's funny because, quote unquote, my relative, which is unfortunately not a real relative. but Not uh, the actual... <laughs> 
the actual the Armin van Buren, he's actually the one that got me into music in the first place. So obviously, because I saw the same last name, and I was like, I'm destined to be this. Like, this is what I should be. So I've been DJing for quite a long time. So it, he definitely... Did you claim at times that he's your cousin or <laughs> many brother times, or many something? Times. <laughs> don't, don't tell him though, but when people ask, I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's my uncle. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I wish, I wish, but uh, he actually got me into music and that eventually got me into events. I have to thank him. If I ever met, meet him in person, I would thank him uh, wholeheartedly. That's awesome. I would totally crash one of his parties and say, <laughs> hey, look at this last name, her brothers. I'm his little brother from another mother. I need to go and talk to him right now. It's about our mother. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, exactly. I would love to meet him. Absolutely. That would be awesome. Actually, I'm pretty stoked about his music as well. But again, we're both Europeans and that's probably in our blood, like it or not. So, Moran, as we continue our conversation, at the time that we're recording this episode is October. And I personally just came from IMAX 2022. And I know you have not attended and you've had a little bit of FOMO. But hey, when IMAX happens in Frankfurt, I will have FOMO. So at least we're, you know, on the same plane here. Now, IMAX 22 in Las Vegas was the 11th American run of this amazing industry trade show. And this year, from some of the data that was shared, there were over 12,000 people that attended in person, which was a 45% increase over last year's event due to, obviously, pandemic travel restrictions. And as we were all enjoying all the keynote speakers and the partnerships that were formed and continued, you know, over the years, especially during the pandemic when we all, you know, did a lot of LinkedIn. And then finally, when we see our friends in person, it's so much better. Over uh, 1,600 people were participating in all the education series based on the data that was collected as well. And here's one thing that, as far as I'm concerned, some of the takeaways were that the good news is meeting professionals, event professionals, they are very busy planning events and all type of events and they are definitely focusing on sustainable practices while many are emphasizing the importance of inclusion and mental wellness through design within the events, the tourism and the hospitality industry. Now the challenge with that is that these programs also must navigate complex maze of issues around what does that look like and maybe even availability at some of those venues and prices just go going through the roof and not enough qualified labor and the technology lift that is just being increased day by day, the social change, the staffing shortage that I just mentioned. How are we to keep sustainability and be aware of it, to keep it top of mind? How are we to take action in this environment, in this season that we're in so that it makes a difference in our industry so that positive change does prevail? I think, first of all, it's not a little FOMO. I have a huge FOMO. I've, saw, I've seen <laughs> so many amazing visuals and, and summaries. I was like, man, I really wanted to be there. So maybe by the end of this year, you never know. But definitely Frankfurt, I'll be there. But it's, it's a very important question that you raise here. And one of the things that we've been seeing during 2022 is it's no longer enough to just be aware. I think, you know, sustainability has been around for a long time. It took a while to and find its way to the event industry. But we have been aware for quite a while and I've participated in quite a lot of sessions during 2022, partly for market research, but also because of I'm 
just very interested in what's going on and what are other experts saying. And in the topic of sustainability, it's pretty much very like all the same. It's no longer enough to be just aware. It's time to take action. As an industry, one of the research that was brought to my attention, I think by Vanessa Lofat, she mentioned that we as an industry are responsible for 10% of the global carbon emission, which is huge. I was like really shocked. Like my jaw almost dropped to the floor. I was like one tenth of the world is because of us hosting event. That's insane. And there's so much that we can do. I think it's really time to make it more actionable. We have done a lot of thinking. It's quite a important topic to keep top of mind. We want to do that, but it's it's also hard because for a lot of event professionals, it's also the perception of being more sustainable is either more expensive or it means you can get less, uh, less return on investment. That's kind of both ways. So it's a lot of cost that is involved into taking that action, which holds us as event professionals back. Obviously, everyone wants to have a little bit more of the pie. We love our pie and I totally understand that. But funny thing is that there are more and more researchers coming out that show that doesn't have to be the fact to that it's actually more expensive, especially in terms of your brand value, but also in actual numbers. And I think that helps us to be more aware of it because if it turns out that you can do it cheaper and at the same time be more sustainable it's no longer a matter of yeah i want to be sustainable but i can't take the action you're like i need to take action because it gives me better numbers as well so not just from a nature loving perspective but also from a business perspective it's becoming more and more interesting to actually dive into sustainability and the more we do that especially with the industry taking such a big cut there are so many players involved and the more we do it the more it becomes accessible which means prices become lower and we also find new ways to do it so i think it's partially also a you know a matter of staying aware and really making sure we take that action but because of the market more and more people are doing it because they are aware but also actually people are taking action and they see results that they haven't seen before that they weren't even able to dream of because they got better results than they thought they would Mm -hmm. and that inspires us as an industry to go further take it further and more people do it as i mentioned price drops which means that more people will do it and that's a, a positive slope to be on and i think that's kind of where we are at right now where it becomes actually profitable to be sustainable and at a benefit you're getting a good brand image so i think yes we have to keep it top of mind but it will become more and more of a given that you have to be sustainable because it's the best way to go anyway and i think that's a very good thing i'm very happy to see that took quite a while but yeah we are there to take action and there are so many places where you can find information on how you can actually be more sustainable examples of people doing more sustainable events they were very rare in the past like maybe there was one sustainable event i've ever heard of you know like two years ago but now they are coming more and more really people only focusing on doing sustainable events now you see I heard also some examples of actually in IMAX, some stands making a point for sustainability by making their stand completely sustainable. You probably have experienced it. I only heard about it. But yeah, the fact that on a big event like IMAX, that's already being shown, like there is action being taken that also inspires other event professionals. So only thing I can say is keep taking action. And you will inspire another event professional to do the same. Share your results so you can also show that it's not just an investment. It actually is a return on investment helping a good cause. So let's make that action.
what I would be super excited to see next is a gingerbread booth so we can all eat into it so that by the end of the trade show time, you know, you are done with your booth and you can move on to your <laughs> next trade show. I love well, we that We all idea. enjoyed your booth. <laughs> Why would that not be a great idea? <laughs> that is like probably the best reason to also come to your booth like not just visit us but actually come come exactly. enjoy our booth yeah like literally enjoy the booth <laughs> i love that i love that really zero waste there's a while well, you take a sweet taste of our services <laughs> perfect I, I would be in yeah absolutely all right you're just gonna have to slowly move you know make your booth smaller and smaller and smaller at one point you'd be like there is no booth class <laughs> It's time to go. <laughs> I love awesome. it. Well, here we go into our next topic, which I would love to touch on before time just runs off because it just happens. And that's what happens when you have entertaining conversations and engaging conversations. I would love to talk to you about strategic video content and especially in this uh, concept of event platforms, but also virtual hybrid events, sustainable events. How does uh, strategic video content have an impact also in the rapid increase of an internet traffic and if you had any thoughts on that you wanted to share please do so i would love to hear them yeah of course i think video whether we like it or not is the most popular form of media online media ever like i think it the last research that i read which at the moment of broadcasting this is is a, is a while ago with like two, three months ago, it was 82% of all traffic on the internet and all traffic on the internet is a lot, <laughs> you yeah. know, like a lot is video. And there's a reason why platforms like Instagram are shifting or have shifted to a video approach, why TikTok is hugely popular. And in that regards, if you're not into video right now, you're missing out 100% because it becomes more and more the standard. So people expect something to move rather than just be a visual or just be text. There will always be people that prefer text, don't get me wrong. But if you want to reach a broader audience, if you want to grow your brand, if you want to expand or be seen in general, you have to jump on that bandwagon and you can use it strategically in a lot of ways. You can share knowledge, pretty much what we're also doing, although this is also a podcast. Obviously, it's also a video, but you can also expand your brand. You can make sure that you are expanding your network just by interacting through video content. And with that, I think the fact that we are now all, whether it's virtual completely or in person with a virtual element to it, like everything is being recorded and I speak with my content strategist quite a lot and she's like man if you cannot get a whole year of content out of one conference you're doing something wrong because wow you can record a content in full an episode or like a session you can record it in full and just put it on the internet but you can cut it up into all these different bites of knowledge of inspiration you know you can repurpose it in so many ways not just even video but video is a great format to then turn it into a podcast as well turn it into your blog post as well. You can, one session, you can already repurpose or stretch in that sense strategically to cover at least a month of content. Unless you're posting like three, four times a day. But even then, there's so many ways, like you can just take a small snapshot. But one of the examples that I heard in a session as well lately was take question that you're asking to your guest or 
that you're answering as a speaker in that session. And instead of showing the answer of that speaker, you just ask the audience, what would you say? And mm. in that sense, if you're starting to think strategically with your content and specifically video content, yeah, the world, world is your oyster. They say like, it's there's no limit to what you can do with one simple quote unquote simple video and in that regards expand your brand but also bridge that value gap one of the sessions i also participated in very good session on how to make sure that you're not just have a month before the event like hey our event is starting the event is taking place you kind of have that short ramp up and you have zero communication the rest of the year now you can actually reuse all that content and not just make it available on demand as the full session but distribute kind of drop every here and there small pieces of content of knowledge that keep your audience engaged that keep you top of mind which means next time you'll probably have to do even less effort to get them on the event because they already know all the value and they're like oh the whole year long i've gotten so much value from this particular event organizer or this particular brand i need to go back to that event because i know this year is going to be even better in that sense there's endless possibilities i love video myself I'm a big YouTube fan. <laughs> like if there's anything I do on my phone besides work, it's exploring YouTube. Like there's that so much so there. That is so funny. I will tell you though, as a video content creator, because actually everything that you said, that was basically top of mind for me when I first started thinking about transitioning my podcast into a video cast. And it's funny because as we were talking, I was reminded of this analytics that Spotify sent me, which at the time that we're recording, apparently uh, my podcast is consumed via video by 50% of my listeners. So half and half are doing, you know, you've got the audio fails that just love to listen on audio while they're multitasking and doing all the things, right? And then you have the people, the other half that they just want to watch something or maybe have it play, you know, on the side in a window while working on something else. But it's video that they're connecting with. Like you said, you know, spend a whole lot of time on YouTube. That means you're actually staring at a screen. You're staring at something that's in front of you. So there's something to be said about that. But let me tell you the behind the scenes work that it takes to just get that content sliced and cut into those sneak peek bite sizes. That is a lot of work. <laughs> I am experiencing it myself. We try to also do this with the podcast. It's a lot of work, but it pays off. Absolutely. Well, this was a fantastic conversation so far, Brian. Thank you so much for sharing so much of your insights. And I love that you are so strong on research and you want to dive deep into that. And I can't wait to see a lot of that on the platform that you're working on. Now, would you share maybe one last piece of advice with any event professional, meeting professional out there, anything that would be helpful for them as they plan their event in 2023? Man, there's so many things I would like to say. Like, if there's one thing I have to zoom in on, there are virtually, no pun intended, no limitations to what you can do with your event. And that's not just virtually, also in person. Like, be as creative as you can be. There is no blame or no shame in making mistakes and trying things out. If anything, your attendees will actually appreciate you're trying to find that next level. And the pandemic has shown us how agile we can be as an industry, how thoughtful we can be and think outside of the box and Please hold on to that thought also through 2023. I know it's easy to think like, oh yeah, we got through it. So we go right back to where we kind of left off in 2019 and keep doing that. But people are expecting so much more. And if you cannot 
or if you lose your strength of thinking outside of the box, that would really be a shame. Not just for your attendees, but also for yourself. I really feel like you can keep improving and keep showing people like we're aiming for that 12 out of 10, as we spoke about earlier. So don't lose it. Be creative, make mistakes, go figure everything out. Like it will pay off big time and people will understand. Absolutely. Don't worry about it. I love it. Well, how about maybe sharing some of your insightful tips on some of the channels that you are on currently? What are those channels and where can our audience connect with you? You can always uh, connect through LinkedIn as we also got in touch. You can find the platform at eventmender.com and we're actually going to expand on Twitter and perhaps also on TikTok. But <laughs> Don't want to make <laughs> any some sneak peeks behind the scenes. <laughs> we're, I we're love still it. exploring if that's the right platform for us. But yeah, make sure to follow us on LinkedIn. You will be updated there 100%. Thank you so much. Well, this was great. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your very late night. I think it's <laughs> at the time we're recording this. It's pretty late where you're at, right? And I hope you do have a wonderful rest of your week as well. And for everyone that has tuned in, thank you for doing so all the way till the end. I hope you did get to learn a thing or two about Ryan and his platform, the thing that he's working on, the things that he's passionate about. Thank you for staying with us and do subscribe so you don't miss any of our next episodes. And I wish you a wonderful rest of whatever day, night it is, wherever you're at. Stay healthy, stay happy, and stay tuned. Thank you for listening to the Events Demystified podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to review it, rate it, and share it with other event professionals that could benefit from it. Connect with us on social at Events Demystified Podcast. We would love to hear from you and what you're up to. If you'd like to learn more about Tree Fan Event Services and find out if we're a good fit in supporting your event, can we help your event be successful with a 20-minute free consultation? Link in the episode's notes. Thanks for tuning in.